Good Saturday morning. And welcome to another edition of Saturday Sports Talk on WNTK 99.7 FM in New London, New Hampshire, and WUVR 1490 AM and 98.9 FM in Lebanon, New Hampshire. This is Saturday Sports Talk. Greg Fettel with you for the next hour to check out what's been happening in the Upper Valley sports world. High School Dartmouth wrapping up things for the spring season this weekend. That's all coming up next uh, on the high school side. Uh, Hanover Baseball, big comeback down at Sauhegan yesterday to continue to keep their spot near the top of the NHIAA baseball standings in Division Two. Dartmouth wrapping up this weekend with baseball hosting Columbia. Games that don't mean anything because Columbia's already clinched home field for the Ivy League Championship Series, and Dartmouth was knocked out of consideration for that earlier in the week. But still good baseball and some beautiful weather for it. And before we close things off, uh, sad remembrances in Thetford today for uh, Eric Ward, longtime girls basketball coach who passed away from cancer a couple of days ago. So some thoughts on that as well. Just starting off three hours of live and local here on NTK and UVR. Of course, Rich Parker and Rob Woodard up a little after the 10 o'clock news and weather. For Valley Buzz, I'll take that up until noon for your three hours of live and local this morning. And then more live coming up tonight with the Red Sox in Texas down at Globe Life Field or whatever they call it down there, the new stadium in Arlington. Second game of the series with the Texas Rangers, 7.05 first pitch, 6.05 broadcast time on WNTK 99.7 FM. Magic Matt is in the studio once again today with uh, Dapper Dan one more weekend away before he comes back. Uh, so you want to give us a ring at one 299 3151 Matt's the voice that you're going to hear at the other end of the line. In the interim, not everything that happened in the world of sports on Friday night made it into Saturday's newspaper. Therefore, we are going to read about it. Well, the Boston Celtics last night would not let the season come to an end. Certainly Jason Tatum wasn't in the mood for a conclusion to the NBA season. Tatum with a fantastic 46-point effort last night to help the Boston Celtics stay alive in their Eastern Conference semifinal with the Milwaukee Bucks. Final count of 108 to 95. Uh, it was an opportunity last night for the Bucks to move on to the next round. They are, of course, the defending champions of the National Basketball Association. And Giannis Antetokounmpo was, as the uh, teams were saying afterward, fantastic, unbelievable effort last night for the Bucks. 44 points, 20 rebounds, 6 assists. He did everything possibly could to keep the Bucks in this one. But for the most part, the Celtics stayed on the front foot all night long. They had a lead uh, double digits in the third quarter. Milwaukee tried to make another fourth quarter comeback, as they did two nights earlier in the win in Boston in Game 5, but did not come about. Instead, the 108-95 win for the Celtics. Third straight for the road team in this fantastic series, and it levels things all up at three games apiece. Fantastic stuff so far. Jalen Brown, 22 points for the Celtics. They certainly shot well from three-point range, made a difference last night. 17 of 43 beyond the arc for the Celts, compared to 7 of 27 beyond the arc for hometown Milwaukee. Boston had that 84-70 lead, a 14-point lead, in the opening minute of the fourth quarter. It was still 11 when uh, Grant Williams uh, drew a charge from Antito Campo for his fifth foul of the game. Uh, They did challenge it, though. Milwaukee did. It was overturned. 
and Tito Compo went to the line for uh, a couple of foul shots, made them both, and started an 8-0 run. They got Milwaukee back within four points, but Tatum took it over from there, and the Celtics get the victory. Celtics 108, Milwaukee 95. Game number seven tomorrow afternoon in Boston ought to be a great one between two very good teams. Some distressing news, however, in the wake of the contest last night. 20 people injured in two shootings in downtown Milwaukee near an entertainment district where thousands of people had been congregating for that basketball game last night. None of the injuries from either shooting believed to be life-threatening. No arrests so far. Uh, two people taken to the hospital, a 30-year-old man and a 16-year-old girl. A third person drove himself to the hospital to uh, have them checked out. And uh, one correction, a 29-year-old man is in custody, but no more information on that. Uh, the whole activity happening adjacent to what's called the Deer District. It's an entertainment district with a lot of bars and restaurants uh, nearby the stadium where last night's game was played. To the NBA scoreboard, not only did the Celtics and the Bucks play last night, but so did the Golden State Warriors and Memphis Grizzlies. Golden State got its act together two nights after a contest in which they lost by 39 points, a game in which they were trailing by as many as 55 at one point. The real Warriors came back, dubs 110, uh, Memphis 96, and that gives Golden State that series four games to two. So no action in the NBA playoffs today, but coming up on Sunday, you got the Celtics and the Bucks in Game 7. That's a 3.30 start down at TD Garden, and then Dallas and Phoenix will play Game 7 of their Western Conference semifinal in Phoenix, all tied up three games apiece in that one. couple of notes from the wreckage. That was the Philadelphia 76ers season. Guard Danny Green suffered a torn anterior cruciate ligament and a torn lateral cruciate ligament in his left knee as a result of a collision with teammate Joel Embiid in the Sixers' uh, Game 6 loss to Miami on Thursday night, the one that knocked Philadelphia out of the playoffs. He had to be helped off the floor three minutes into the game, and LB, L Embiid rather crashed into his knee. Uh, Green was averaging 8.5 points, hitting uh, nearly 41% from three-point range in the postseason for the Sixers. He is expected to miss most of it next year. That season will be coached, at least for the start of it, by uh, Doc Rivers, uh, general manager Daryl Morey, confirming that yesterday when asked if Rivers would come back to coach the Sixers next year. One word answer was yes. WNBA star Brittany Griner had a pre-trial detention hearing in Russia yesterday. That's going to be uh, extended her stay there for another month as a political prisoner as a result of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, her lawyer, Alexander Boykov, telling the Associated Press that the relatively short extension indicates that the trial for Griner could happen soon. She has been detained since February uh, after being stopped at uh, Moscow's airport and searched where uh, she was found to have vape cartridges containing an oil derived from cannabis. According to Russian law, she is facing drug smuggling charges with a maximum 10-year prison sentence. Uh, the Biden administration has deemed the detention illegal. NHL, 7th Heaven Weekend, five series are going to go to first round, seventh games, three of them today, and it'll all be started by the Boston Bruins. They will take on uh, the Carolina Hurricanes down in Raleigh, North Carolina, 4.30 this afternoon. This is a series in which the home team has won every single game and has won every game by at least two goals. So they know how to play at home. 
certainly know how not to play on the road, and that should concern Bees fans given how badly Boston has performed in Carolina. The other Game 7s will have Toronto hosting Tampa Bay, trying to knock the Lightning off the perch of two-time Stanley Cup champions, and Edmonton and Los Angeles from up in Alberta. That's the late game at 10 o'clock. Then tomorrow, Rangers and Pittsburgh will play their Game 7 uh, in Madison Square Garden, which ought to be a lot of fun. And Dallas and Calgary will go at the Saddle Dome in downtown Calgary tomorrow. Uh, yesterday's scoreboard uh, aside from the uh, action, well, actually, Bruins, of course, did not play last night, but games that did get played, Rangers over the Penguins, 5-3. Penn's playing without Sidney Crosby, possible head injury from game number five in that series. So they're all tied up three games apiece, as are the Flames and Stars after Dallas's 4-2 win in Dallas last night. Florida finished off Washington 4-3 in overtime, and the uh, game-winning goal, once again, coming off the stick of Connor Verhage, who did the same thing in game four in Washington just two nights prior. One other note from the NHL, Bruce Boudreau will stay on as coach of the Vancouver Canucks next season. He was hired after Travis Green was fired following an 8-15-2 start in early December. After that, the Canucks went 32-15-10, and so Boudreau will keep his job for the time being. Maybe this shaving thing does have something to do with what's going on with the Red Sox. Manager Alex Cora took off the beard that he'd had since uh, spring training back on Sunday with the team in the midst of a horrible losing streak. They've won two of three since last night and got some good pitching from Nick Pavetta in the process. The uh, Sox winning 7-1 in Texas in a game you heard on WNTK 99.7 FM last night. Since a real ugly start to the season, Pavetta's been throwing very well for the Sox, uh, including last night in which he uh, allowed just the one earned run and now has just that one earned run against his record in his last 13 innings pitched. And just one walk issued since April 26th against Toronto when he started to show some signs of getting his act back together again. Not only have Sox won two of three, they've won only three of ten. May not be impressive, but uh, Cora saying the effort is there so far. They did pretty much what they had to do at the plate last night. Strung together ten hits, went five for eight with runners in scoring position. Kike Hernandez reached base four times. J.D. Martinez stretched his hitting streak to 14 games and is on base streak to 30, which is very important. And Xander Bogart's two for five with a run and two runs batted in. But Pavetta, the star of this one, as the Sox win 7-1 in Texas. That game, uh, again tonight, will go off at 6.05. That's the broadcast on NTK with Rich Hill pitching for the Sox against the Rangers' Glenn Otto. Scoreboard from last night, American League. Detroit uh, taking off a 4-2 win over Baltimore. It was Tampa Bay 5 and Toronto 2. The uh, Yankees were winners in Chicago over the White Sox 10-4. Minnesota 12, Cleveland 8. Uh, Angels 2-0 winners in Oakland. Interleague action. Houston matched its club record winning streak 11 straight games, beating the Nationals 6-1. to uh, Seattle 2, the Mets 1, and Kansas City on Beer League softball night, a 14 10-10 winner in Denver over the Colorado Rockies. Nationally, talk about your beer league action. Uh, Philadelphia 12-10 over the Dodgers in 10 innings. Uh, more news from the Dodgers in one second. Arizona 4, the Cubs 3, uh, San Francisco over St. Louis 8-2, San Diego 11, Atlanta 6. Uh, run of the ninth inning puts Milwaukee over Miami 2-1 and Cincinnati a winner in Pittsburgh. Score there was 8-2. The Dodgers have put Clayton Kershaw on the injured list. Inflammation in a pelvic joint, the reason, which is uh, rough news for the Dodgers because Kershaw has been pitching very well. 4-0 record, 1.80 earned run average so far. He was supposed to face the Phillies last night but got scratched. Walker Bueller filled in for him. Uh, manager Dave Roberts thinks that uh, the issue will not be long-lasting. Uh, he said that Kershaw told him his back locked up on him on the flight back from Pittsburgh on Wednesday. He had an epidural pain-relieving injection but won't be playing catch for a few days. Hopefully it gets back 
real soon. Trevor Bauer's arbitration appeal of his two-year suspension under the league's domestic violence policy has been scheduled for May 23rd. Uh, the appeal will be heard by a three-person panel chaired by an independent arbitrator. He was suspended by Commissioner Rob Manfred on April 29th, a penalty that, if unchanged, would cost the Dodgers pitcher just over $60 million of his $102 million contract with the Dodgers. Moving on to the world of golf, Phil Mickelson has extended his personal exile for shooting his mouth off over the PGA Tour in a Saudi-backed rival league. He has offered, opted not to participate as a PGA Championship, which will start next Thursday at Tulsa, Oklahoma at Southern Hills. Uh, he became the oldest major champion ever by taking uh, the PGA last year at Kiowa Island in South Carolina, but has decided to maintain his uh, exile because of comments made about the uh, rival league and saying that uh, taking advantage of Saudi money despite their sordid history of human rights is worth it to battle the PGA Tour. Dumb move by Phil. The PGA Tour is tuning up for the PGA in a suburban Dallas at the AT&T Byron Nelson. Ryan Palmer, after a second-round 62, has joined David Skins and Sebastian Munoz at 15 under par for a one-shot lead on Justin Lauer of the United States. LPGA Tour is in New Jersey for the Cognizant Founders Cup. Two rounds done, and uh, Min Jin Lee of Australia has a three-shot lead at 14 under par over Americans Ali Ewing, Lexi Thompson, and Sweden's Magdalene Sagstrom. NFL notes, New Orleans Saints are going to try to have another homecoming as they and former LSU standout Jarvis Landry appear to be getting together again. NFL Network reporting that uh, a one-year deal for the wideout up to $6 million will bring him in shortly after the uh, Saints brought back Tyron Matthew to join the team. He, of course, also a former LSU star. And a trade in the NFL yesterday. Brian Edwards uh, sent by Las Vegas off to Atlanta along with a seventh-round pick for the Falcons' fifth-round pick next year's NFL draft. New England Revolution will be off until tomorrow afternoon. They're down at Mercedes-Benz Stadium to take on uh, Atlanta United. Uh, the Revs starting to show their form a little bit better now. They uh, have matched last year's loss total of five. They only have half as many points as they did at this time last year in the standings, but they have gone without a loss in their last three matches, and they did sweep Atlanta for the first time last year in two matches that they played against each other. English Premier League taking the day off as they uh, leave the stage solely to the FA Cup Final. That's starting around noon Eastern time at Wembley with Liverpool going up against Chelsea. Liverpool trying to do what they're calling the quadruple. They've already won the English League Cup having beaten Chelsea earlier this year in an 11-10 penalty shootout following a scoreless draw. The uh, rest of that would be possibly winning the Champions League later this month against Real Madrid. The fourth part, the English Premier League title, looks like it's out of their hands. They're three points behind Manchester City with uh, two matches each to play, and City has a superior goal differential, which is the first tiebreaker. NASCAR is at Kansas Speedway for the weekend for the Advent Health 400. That is going on tomorrow. And one note from women's tennis. Keep an eye on Iga Swiatek from Poland when the French Open starts next week. She has matched Serena Williams' mark of 27 consecutive match victories, uh, the record that Williams set back in 14-15. Now uh, Swiatek has a piece of it. She beat uh, Arena Sabalenka 6-2, 6-1, earlier today in Rome at the Italian Open to make the Italian Open final. Could be interesting. French Open begins next weekend. That's it for Read About It. We're at 921. We'll take a look at the high school results from the weekend and the action coming up today when we come back. Greg Fennell with you here on Saturday Sports Talk. Back in a sec on UVR and NTK. The crowd took to 
down to my basement today, I would find a bunch of lift tickets hanging on a nail uh, from years and years and years ago when I used to ski more regularly. And I could bet you one of them said uh, I skied on a May 4th at Okemo. I only say that because it's 10 days later on the calendar and I'm going to be putting in air conditioners today. So if you don't believe in climate change, maybe there's a little clue there. 926 is the time. Yeah, it does feel like summer outside. The last few days have been quite warm, but uh, quite lovely. Great uh, time to get outside and enjoy some high school sports around the area or perhaps head up to Dartmouth for uh, the final baseball series of the weekend. We'll talk Dartmouth a little bit later here. Greg Fennell with you on Saturday Sports Talk. Rich and Woody Valley Buzz arriving at 10 o'clock on the program uh, on the stations here a little bit later for your three hours of live and local. Uh, rather than looking at the immediate schedule, let's go to uh, the action from yesterday. Uh, which included quite an impressive uh, comeback by the Hanover High baseball team down in uh, Amherst, taking on the Sauhegan Sabres. And uh, I will get to the details in a moment after I just type one thing into my laptop. The uh, Bears were down 4 nothing going into the top of the seventh inning off of a pretty good uh, Sauhegan team so far this year and uh, somehow managed to uh, turn that deficit into a victory, uh, a uh, 6-4 victory with a six-run seventh inning that uh, decided everything. It was pretty innocent how everything got started. Just Bucci leading off the top of the seventh had a single. Then Casey Graham reached base uh, after being hit by a pitch, and Jackson McBride delivered an RBI single to score Bucci, got the Bears on the board, cut the deficit to 4-1. Then West Stockton came up. RBI double. Graham scores 4-2. McBride scores on an error 4-3. Ian Hedgepeth drives in uh, a run with a double to right center field 4-4. And then uh, starting pitcher Sam Sasserdote coming in to help himself out and help the team out by delivering a two-run single to plate two more runs, make it 6-4, and the uh, Bears went on to the victory from there. Uh, Sasserdote had two uh, hits, helped himself out. He threw five and two-thirds innings uh, for a strong start on the mound, although he didn't get credit for the victory. Jake Tolman did uh, after the fact, and uh, Trevor Pierce getting a save in this one. Uh, Sasserdote's numbers, five hits allowed, struck out six, and then, uh, of course, as I said, Tolman and Pierce finishing the work with Pierce getting the save. Hanover, very big win. Moves to 8-3 and three on the season, trying to stay up there. Near the top of the Division II baseball standings, uh, John Granger's bunch.
bunch has very much been living up to uh, their own personal expectations of being seriously competitive this season. But right now they are outside the top four, uh, according to NHIAA.org, sitting in, it looks like, sixth place. But uh, Sauhegan dropping to 11-4 and four with the loss. Obviously, three games in hand for the Bears in this case. Uh, league uh, being led off by Hollis Brookline, which I understand has some pretty solid pitching this year. John Stark, the defending state champs, even though they dropped uh, a number of players to graduation, they are still very good, 8-2 and two in second place on the season. Bo and St. Thomas, both 10-3, and three, tied for third, then Sauhegan, and then Hanover after that. So the uh, Bears looking pretty good here as we head toward the last couple of weeks of the regular season. They will host Lebanon Monday, 4-30, up at the Dresden Athletic Fields, and that should be a fun game. They played a good one earlier in the regular season. Congratulations to Lebanon Softball. Got a victory yesterday. Broke 10-game losing streak, outscoring uh, host Mascoma. 23-13 the final in that one. Uh, Raiders now 2-11 on the season. Royals are 1-11 on the season. The uh, Royals' previous win, only win of the year, was uh, a 32-17 affair at Lebanon uh, back at the end of April. Mascoma will visit Bishop Brady on Monday in their next contest, and Lebanon is off to a visit to uh, I think they may still be undefeated, uh, Newport, on Wednesday. Girls lacrosse, Hartford remaining undefeated. Perfect 10-0 so far in Vermont Division II play. Looking really good. And Carolyn Hamilton, fantastic season so far. She topped the 100-goal plateau for her career earlier in the week. And keep in mind, that's basically in two seasons, having lost all of uh, 2020, obviously, to the COVID outbreak. Uh, outbreak and very limited play last year. Five goals, two assists, uh, 11-3 win for Hartford up at Rice in South Burlington yesterday. Elliot Roop scoring four goals. Uh, Eddie Cadwell adding three assists for Hartford. Maddie Barwood had a pair of goals. Uh, Grace Gardner and Elise Davis also helping out with assists as Hartford built an 8-3 lead by halftime and uh, did the job defensively, uh, shutting out Rice after the break. Sarah Howe with six saves in the goal as Hartford picks off the victory, and they will host St. Johnsbury this afternoon up at the, I believe that'll be up at the Hartford uh, Alumni Athletic Complex, a.k.a. the football field, having beaten St. Johnsbury, I believe, earlier in the week. It might have been the game, in fact, when Carolyn got past 100 career goals. Uh, Sarah Ecker has her Lebanon girls lacrosse team playing really well. They uh, rolled over Bishop Brady yesterday 17-1. to uh, They had dropped their opener 1-5 straight. Uh, I think dropped one uh, earlier in the week and they got the win last night to go to 6-2 and two as they get ready to ho- uh, visit Guilford on Monday. Boys lacrosse, Lebanon far, Hanover rather falling to 3-6 and six on the season. Down at Wyndham, the Jaguars getting a 14-5 win over Hanover thanks to a 7-0 run in the third quarter to pull away. It was just a 3-3 game at halftime. Really good defensive uh, first half for Hanover before the Jags figured something out. Brendan Logan had two goals. Brendan Kwaku had a goal and two assists. D.H. Hendricks had a goal and an assist. And Andrew Rudd also scored for Hanover. Henry Cotter, 16 saves. Uh, Hanover will uh, host uh, the Keen Benadnock co-op team on Tuesday. couple of uh, matches from boys' tennis yesterday. Woodstock improving to 6-1. They shut out MSJ in Rutland. 7-0 the count there. Uh, Reese Sheehan, the star of the day, gets his first career varsity singles win uh, at uh, a 6-0-6-1 win. Nixon Malik, uh, Kalen Lundberg, Cooper Dorsanya, and Jake Singlis also getting wins. Nate Satterfield and Kip Gaddis also won the match of the day in doubles. Came back from a 5-2 deficit Won the third set in a uh, seven seven six tiebreaker, winning seven five in the tiebreak, and uh, Otto Nissenblatt and Liam Harper also 
one in doubles for the Wasps. The Lebanon boys tennis team dropped their first match of the season yesterday at home, 5-4 to Oyster River. We'll look for those two to collide in the playoffs in a couple of weeks. Mason Arado back uh, after missing a couple of matches. He had an 8-2 win at singles with his brother Nolan also winning to get things started. Nolan an 8-love uh, winner in his singles match. Uh, Kyle Hines added an 8-6 decision at number 6 for Lebanon. Oyster River took the other one, so it was 3-3 to go to doubles, and the Bobcats took two of the three points there to grab the day. Um, tight matches lost by uh, Baden Schiffendecker, Will Katz, and Lavi Halawala uh, in uh, their singles contest. Uh, the Arado brothers getting the one doubles point for Lebanon, which is 8-1 on the season, and it doesn't get a whole lot easier. They go uh, off to Portsmouth on Monday. The uh, Clippers, uh, one of the better teams in NHIAA, boys tennis so far this year. Uh, Lebanon's been a very nice surprise, though. Working very well under uh, Tammy Arado, who has uh, really become a, a, a reliable source of tennis information for this team. Of course, she is the uh, teaching pro up at the River Valley Club. Lebanon dropping to 8-1. and one. That Portsmouth contest, uh, Portsmouth at 6-4, and four, but that's a uh, deceptive record. The Clippers are uh, routinely one of the best teams in Division II boys tennis. As for the schedule today, uh, what to go off and see, what to go off and do if you want to get outside and enjoy the nice weather, uh, softball action. Uh, it's going to be a sad day uh, up at uh, Thetford Academy, and I'll go into greater detail uh, of this in a moment, but uh, just a couple of days ago, girls basketball coach, in fact, two days ago, girls basketball coach Eric Ward passed away from a year-long uh, bout with cancer. And this, I think, will be the first opportunity for Thetford to have athletic competition uh, since that uh, moment. Uh, Thetford hosting Oxbow in baseball and softball at 11 a.m. As far as I'm aware, the games are going on as scheduled, so I'm sure there will be a lot of remembrances, and uh, I'll talk about some of that uh, a little bit later in the program. The uh, rest of the schedule on the baseball side, Windsor goes up to Rivendell. That'll be a good test for the Yellow Jackets against the Raptors team. It's had a good season so far. White River Valley uh, long ago saw that uh, school history winning streak of 39 games wrapped up. They've dropped three since then. Had a real tight 2-1 loss to Springfield earlier this week in which senior Dominic Craven threw eight very good innings um, for the Wildcats. They will go up to Williamstown this afternoon. Woodstock had a win over Mill River on Thursday, came back from an early 3-1 deficit, got the bats going, rolled to an 18-4 victory. They're going to host Arlington at 11 this morning. On the softball side, Arlington up to Woodstock as well. Hartford softball will play tonight. Burn Burton coming to town. That's at the Maxfield Sports Complex at 630 White River Valley softball at Windsor. Wildcats haven't won this season. Windsor with a new coach doing moderately well so far. And, of course, the Oxbow-Thetford baseball softball deal is also tentatively scheduled for 11 o'clock. Uh, elsewhere, today's the CVC track championships. They're going to be staged in Hanover, so a lot of activity going on around Hanover High today. Lebanon, Hartford, Thetford, Newport all expected to be part of it. Girls across Woodstock hosting Brattleboro at 11 this morning, or rather that's boys uh, as Brattleboro comes up to take on the Wasps. Hanover girls uh, with a big win over Wyndham earlier this week. We'll go down to Timberlane to see if they can continue their ascent up the D1 standings. Hartford girls, as noted before, undefeated 10-0, hosting St. Johnsbury at 11 this morning. Girls tennis, Woodstock at MSJ, Hartford at Bellows Falls, and Hanover hosting multiple teams in a uh, crew regatta on the Connecticut River today. Do keep in mind, by the way, folks, and you may have seen weather warnings on this, with all the hot weather we've had, uh, it isn't enough to make the water in lakes and rivers that warm. 
uh, temperatures, the water temperatures are still in the high 40s, low 50s, and that can induce hypothermia very quickly. So if you're going to get out on the water, if you're going to go kayaking, boating, fishing, whatever, make sure you have your PFDs, make sure you are properly covered up. It's going to be hot in the air, but it's going to be very cold in the water. 9.36 the time. I'm Greg Fennell. Let's take one time out here. Come back and uh, look at the final weekend of action of Dartmouth baseball. That's some good news on the front of Dartmouth softball. That's coming up next on Saturday Sports Talk. Stick around. Saturday morning, your mandatory piece of Ramones to get you through your Saturday morning. Greg Fettel with you here on Saturday Sports Talk as we cross into 941. Rich and Woody, top of the hour after news and weather for Valley Buzz till 12 o'clock. Red Sox in Texas, 605 uh, broadcast time, 705 first pitch on NTK 99.7 FM tonight. Uh, 42-year-old Rich Hill. I didn't even realize he was 42. I knew he was 40-something. Uh, he's thrown pretty well, 2.86 earned run average. Only an 0-1 win-loss record, largely because Alex Cora is not throwing him deep. Uh, hasn't been getting much more than four or five uh, innings a game, but that was the whole plan is uh, to, to get him to the middle innings and let the uh, bullpen do the rest. Uh, and it's yeah worked okay so far for a team that's been struggling to get victories. Be able to check it out on NTK tonight. Greg Vettel with you for a little bit longer. It is the final weekend of uh, college baseball uh, up at Dartmouth College, and we could not have a better couple of days for it on the assumption that thunderstorms don't get in the way tomorrow. Today should be fine, and it should be fun also because the best team in the Ivy League is coming to town. That is the Columbia Lions. They are 16-2 and in league play, 26-13 and overall. Uh, they're going to give some people uh, a real headache if they get through the Ivy League Championship Series next weekend against Penn uh, up at Sadow Stadium uh, up in uh, the northern end of Manhattan. Uh, as for today, doubleheader starting at 11.30 this morning and uh, a noon single game tomorrow as uh, Dartmouth uh, was looking, hoping to still have some uh, opportunity to get into the uh, Ivy League Championship Series, but that uh, has, I believe, gone by the way of the Albatross. The uh, the situation was, well, it was basically ridiculous. The uh, Big Green needed to sweep Columbia and then uh, needed to uh, have Penn close out its final weekend series uh, with a sweep of games all lost to Princeton. I'll take that back. There is a very, 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 very 
slight chance. Uh, no worse than third place, which is pretty good for Bob Whalen and company this season after not having baseball essentially for the past two years. But if Dartmouth were to sweep Columbia and Penn were to lose all three games to Princeton, then I believe Dartmouth would get in the ICS. But here's the problem. Columbia is the best team in the league. Princeton is the worst team in the league. So chances of this happening, not very good at all. Um, the incentive for Dartmouth uh, also comes from the standpoint that Columbia enters with a 19-game winning streak. Uh, should the Lions sweep the weekend series, they would break the Ivy League record of 21 consecutive wins that Dartmouth's 1970 team, the one that went to the College World Series, set. So uh, there's certainly a little bit of, of pride to uh, be determined in that one. It is, of course, senior weekend. Uh, today will be senior day with uh, seven players out of the senior class. Bryce Daniel, Cade Kretschmer, Justin Murray, Cole Rowland, Tristan Sarcone, Nathan Skinner and Kunal Verma all being uh, recognized for their contributions to the program. Uh, and you will you will see quite a bit of some of these guys. Kretschmer certainly, uh, Justin Murray, usually he's been the Sunday starter this season, so no reason not to uh, expect that. The uh, Big Green did lose two of three in non-league play to Manhattan last weekend. Most teams in the Ivy were in the middle of uh, final exams. Um, Dartmouth was not, I believe, so hence they were able to get that three-game set with uh, Manhattan in. Colton Freeman, uh, the hero of the series finale, he had a solo home run in the eighth inning to tie the game and then crushed another bomb in the tenth inning for a 3-2 walk-off win over the Jaspers. Uh, just the second extra inning win for Dartmouth all season in that non-league action. Now, although Dartmouth has a big advantage over Columbia in the overall series over the history of baseball, uh, 110 to 80 with seven wins in the last 10 years, Columbia has been really the standard bearer for the league uh, the, the last few years. Uh, the two teams have had a couple of Ivy League championship series played down in Columbia. Uh, they've met five times in eight years. Uh, Bob Whalen has a real good record against Columbia so far, 48 and 30. But they are a very impressive ball club that the uh, Lions have coming into the contest today. They haven't lost since a contest against St. John's back in March 30th. Very impressive record, which means obviously they're doing quite well in league play. Um, other things of note, uh, a team OPS of 900 so far. They lead the league in batting at 302, slugging at 510, 8.3 runs per game is best in the Ivies. 93 doubles, 56 homers, 71 stolen bases. They do pretty much everything well. Five of their uh, starting lineup batting between 316 and 346. Andy Blake leads the team, uh, nine home runs so far this season. Hayden Schott has uh, 11 home runs, uh, 10 from Josh Solomon. So you know that this team has uh, a bit of, uh, of power behind the uh, behind the plate and on the mound very strong as well. 11.30 is when it's all going to get started for today, doubleheader at Red Roll Field. Noon tomorrow for a single game. Take advantage of the weather. It should be really uh, a nice time to, to be outside and enjoy some college baseball. And some pretty good college baseball is uh, what I'm expecting out of that affair this weekend. Uh, and right now, yeah, things are looking possible for Dartmouth. They are two games behind Penn, so if they were to win all three, 15-6. If Penn were to lose all three, 14-7. I believe if they ended up tied, Penn would get the tiebreaker uh, because I think they took two out of three from Dartmouth earlier this year. Now, the softball season's all done for Dartmouth. Uh, they uh, missed out on the ICS by a game. Uh, not of their own doing, obviously. Harvard had to uh, pick off two out of three from Cornell last week and did so, did so to clinch that second spot. So they're down at Princeton this weekend for the ICS. Uh, but good news for Dartmouth softball, and not terribly unexpected news. Dartmouth second baseman Billy McFadden named the Ivy League Player of the Year 
earlier this week. Uh, she and five teammates earned all Ivy honors. Uh, I got the chance to see a lot of Billy this year because I did um, uh, PA announcing for Dartmouth's Ivy League Sunday games for the past couple of months, and uh, she impressed from day one. I remember her having a game-winning home run uh, to beat Penn or Columbia. I can't remember which. But every time out there, whenever there was a play that needed to be made and could be made, she was doing it, either at the plate or at second base, where she made some fantastic diving catches on hard-hit balls during the year. But what's really kind of amazing about her is she's not very big. She's five feet if you stretch her out on the rack. She's not uh, somebody who would put fear in you right away, but she really uh, hits the ball well. Uh, senior out of Flower Mountain, Texas, really relentless this year. She is the hardest pitcher to strike out. Uh, hardest batter to strike out in the Ivy League, I should say. She fanned exactly once in 72 at-bats against Ivy League pitchers, and that was only really recently as well. She had a real long streak of no strikeouts going on. Uh, she was in the top eight in hits, led the league in hits, led the league in triples, 48-4 and four in that order, second with 25 RBI, second with total bases at 73, third at batting, 350 on the season. Um, just a, a fantastic year and a well-deserved honor for a wonderful baseball, or I should say softball player, in uh, in Billy McFadden. Now, she obviously made the All-Ivy first team, so did shortstop Kate Farron and outfielder Alana Panu. Pitcher Brooke Plonka, I think, deserved better than a second team uh, mentioned because she was the workhorse for Dartmouth in the circle this season, had a uh, league-best uh, innings pitched, uh, league-best strikeouts. Uh, she was the person on whom Coach Jen Williams consistently relied when shutdown pitching was needed. But she made the second team outfielder Jenna Brown, DH, or DP, I should say, Emily Lipset, earned honorable mention, and Maria Angelino uh, selected for the academic All-Ivy League softball team. Uh, other notes from Dartmouth this weekend, women's rugby's down at the National Sevens Championship. That's being staged at Kennesaw State in Georgia. Uh, you can actually see that online on Peacock TV. Uh, Dartmouth drawn into Pool B of the women's gold division. They'll be with Lindenwood, Westchester, and Brown. If they do well enough and knockout play today, they'll move on to, or uh, group play today, they'll move on to knockout play tomorrow. They'll play Lindenwood uh, in about uh, 40 minutes, Westchester at 3.15, and Brown at 5 o'clock. And if you've never seen sevens rugby before, it's seven players aside, seven-minute uh, halves, so you play multiple games. It is stop time as needed. Um, and uh, it's a very fast game, but it's played on a regulation rugby field, so there's a lot of open space when the opportunity rolls around. So that's what's happening around Dartmouth for the final weekend of spring. Let's take one more time out and remember Eric Ward when we come back. It's 9.50. I'm Greg Fennell. This is Saturday Sports Talk at WNTK and WUER.
the tunes on this edition of Saturday Sports Talk. Five out of six stuck to the new wave funk format. R.E.M.'s Harvard Cope, Bananarama's Cruel Summer. You two's I will follow your mandatory Ramon Savannah affair off the debut album in 76. The cars, you're all I got tonight. And then we dealt beyond that. We got out of the usual groove to a band out of Minneapolis from the 80s and 90s. Uh, one of the progenitors of the alt-country movement, the Jayhawks and Blue. And the reason I pulled that one out was uh, on a couple of fronts. Uh, nobody wore blue on his heart more than Eric Ward did. For 14 years, the girls' basketball coach at Thetford Academy um, had been dealing with uh, cancer for the past year, uh, had managed to keep it off uh, at bay enough to still coach the Panthers this past winter. But on Wednesday, uh, Eric passed away uh, after that cancer battle. Uh, 14 years in charge of uh, Thetford, according to Valley News Records. I did some quick math um, before the show got got going. I had him with a career record of 213 and 89, four state championships, nine straight years, delivered the Panthers to Barry Auditorium for at least the semifinal, and uh, on four of those occasions brought back championships. And I, I was digging through my computer to see how many stories I'd written about him, and it hadn't been that many, but back of the days at the Valley News when we took our game information from coaches on the phone, you could always count on Eric to call, and you could always count on having a hard time getting him to stop talking because he loved his kids so much. He was such a great role model for the Panthers uh, and the Panther girls. Thetford had never won a girls' basketball state championship until he came on board in uh, the 2008-9 season, and the first championship they won in 2014 has to be one of the best basketball games at the high school level that I think I've ever seen. Uh, Thetford played Williamstown in a banged-out Barry Auditorium. Uh, the two teams traded punches for the extent of the 32 minutes. The final score ended up Thetford 90, Williamstown 84, the highest-scoring game in girls' basketball tournament history, and it wasn't even close. And it wasn't a case of two teams that didn't know how to play defense. They played defense at the moments that they needed to. But one thing you also notice, if you do some digging around, that not only did Cancer take Eric, he had a sort of a battling relationship through it for many, many years. In that 2014 championship, after the game was done, uh, I spied him grabbing an extra championship medal and hoofing it up into the stands to go to a gentleman who had become something of a friend and a fan of the program. Um, Jim Fetter, I believe his name was. Jim had lost his wife to cancer earlier that year, and Eric made sure that he got a championship medal as a result of that. Uh, I also uh, dug up a, a column from four years ago that I'd written about uh, two girls from the Thetford Girls Basketball Program who uh, were chosen to play in the summertime uh, coaches' all-star game that usually goes down in, uh, uh, in uh, Windsor High School. And what I realized from it was cancer had a role in that as well. Uh, Regan Covey and Dahlia Clarich, not related, but when Dahlia's father died of cancer and she didn't want to leave the area, Covey's family said, hey, come live with us. And she did. Uh, Dahlia eventually transferred to Thetford. The two girls played together under Eric Ward with the Thetford Academy girls basketball program. And I'm sure there are loads of other stories of how uh, Eric and, and Cancer knew each other in um, undesired ways and ways in which Eric made the most of the situation. Thetford girls routinely had uh, cancer awareness games during their season and I'm sure it is something that resonated in in his head because he lost his father 
at a very young age to a heart attack. Uh, Eric Ward's dad was uh, 46 when he died. So uh, it, it's something that certainly, uh, I think, uh, resonated with, with Eric. Uh, as the Thetford Academy uh, put on its Facebook page, uh, he brought the Panthers his deep passion for the game, demonstrating skill, leadership, empathy, sportsmanship on and off the course, uh, noting the many years in a row they went to the odd, the four championships. Uh, according to uh, Eric's sister Pam, quote, coaching his girls, loving and caring for every player on and off the court, great sportsmanship, camaraderie, great influence will be his legacy. Um, so keep Eric in your mind and keep Thetford Academy in your mind uh, as you go through the weekend today. A very wonderful man and a very painful loss for girls basketball, for high school sports in Vermont, for Thetford Academy specifically. Eric, thank you for everything you've done. It was a pleasure knowing you and working with you. I'm Greg Fennell uh, for Matt Moore back at the studio. That does it for Saturday Sports Talk on this Saturday. I hear Rich and Woody out in the lobby, so they'll be here at the Hilton Garden Inn in Lebanon to hit us with Valley Buzz in just a few minutes. And you got Red Sox baseball, 6.05 broadcast, 7.05 first pitch against Texas tonight. You've been listening to Saturday Sports Talk on WNTK and WUVR. Thank you very much, and have a great weekend, everybody.